Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. Man, any way you slice it, that's just good. Woo-wee! Hallelujah. We're just continuing to share the vision uh, here at Highway. And I'm going to read you the email that was sent, not this past week, not yesterday, but two Wednesdays ago. I wanted to read it last week, then you get a chance, uh, just so you can uh, be in the know. If you don't get our weekly email, it's very encouraging. It's just a weekly encouragement from... from uh, from, from me to you, from my heart to yours, and I just pray about it, and I say, Lord, what do you want to share with your people? And so if you'd like to get that, you can go to our website, and just go to the Contact Us page, and fill that in, and just say, I'd like to have the email, okay? And we'll make sure you're on that list. So just go to the Contact Us page of our website, and you can get this weekly email. But this email, two Saturdays ago, I, or actually, I don't know, was it, what is the date on it? Yeah. July 31st. That was two Saturdays ago, right? Okay, so I'm just going to read it to you, all right? It says, Hello, Highway family, and it starts with Psalm 2, uh, verse 8. says, uh, Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. Can we put that image up there, Dana? Can we put that, uh, Dana, can we put that uh, Highway Vision presentation up there? That would be awesome. Yeah, it says, Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. And Psalm, excuse me, Isaiah 35, verse 8, is the verse where we we got our name. It says, in a highway we'll be there, right? And then this past Sunday I began sharing the uh, expanding vision of Highway Church. Dana, can you use a presentation that, that fades from slide to slide? It should be there called Highway Vision. You got that one? Awesome. That'd be great. Um, the expanding vision of Highway Church. Uh, the message, this message consists of three parts. Highway vision, highway commitment, highway expansion. Yep, three parts. I will continue sharing the vision this upcoming Sunday. Never before in America has darkness been so bold and so loud. In the past 18 months, we have watched the strategies of Satan surface attempting to force their way into the thought life of the American people. In response, Jennifer and I believe the Lord is asking us to expand the scope of our ministry to reach across the nation. The message uh, we proclaim at Highway is needed, and my printer cut off, (laughs) is needed uh, in this nation in a huge way. All right. Uh, So many believers and non-believers, of course, do not have a working knowledge of the goodness of God. They believe that God uses sickness and tragedy to teach people. They do not know that it is God's will to make whole and to prosper. So many base what they believe about God on their life experience or the life experience of others. They don't realize that they can change their life experience by renewing their mind to the true nature of God. They don't realize that the true nature of God has been revealed through the person and ministry of Jesus Christ. 
This message of the goodness of God needs to be proclaimed and heard from coast to coast in America. We are praying through the details and steps of this highway expansion. At this point, we know we are to focus on three things. Improving the broadcast quality of our live stream. That's one. Live stream services. Creating more online messages, uh, message content by topic. And planting another highway church in Nashville, Tennessee. The first two parts of this vision will require the purchasing of the necessary video, audio, and lighting equipment. The third part of this vision will require the Father's wisdom to unfold the details and lead us each step of the way. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. And God gives it to him without finding fault. Where's that in the Bible? Anyone know? James. Yeah, chapter 1, right? It's a good scripture to know. God doesn't find fault with you. You ask him, he gives it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, let's see. We will continue to pastor. We will continue to pastor highway here in New England. Say that again. We will continue to pastor highway here in New England. When we are in New England, we will stream our service. Say it again. We will continue to pastor highway here in New England. When we are in New England... We will stream our service to a location in Nashville. We don't know where that is. That's to be determined. We're praying about it. If we are in Nashville, we will stream to New England. What we see for Highway Nashville is an expansion of Highway New England. Highway New England is so important. Highway family, your faithfulness has built a platform for the goodness of God to expand beyond the Northeast. We believe that the new work in Nashville will be reciprocal to what the Lord is doing here and help to fuel the work here at Highway New England. We believe there will be a reciprocal going back and forth, a flow between the two. Nashville is a central location that will enable travel to each corner of the nation. Okay, but that's not all. While the Boscos were on vacation last summer in California, the image began, uh, this image began to form inside, and it's the one with Cali There it is right there. Yeah, that one there. I saw our nation, and Jennifer and I were just having lunch. The kids were walking around this little town. Tell me the name of that town again. Maybe Temecula. I don't know. But anyway, we're cool little town and we were just having lunch and this just started kind of forming on the inside of me. I saw our nation, I saw the ministry God has called us to uh, flowing from Boston to Nashville to uh, not leaving Boston, flowing from. That's right. right, It's a flow. Flow Flow from Boston to Nashville to LA and back again. Okay? The abundant life of Christ flowing back and forth from coast to coast. I'm simply sharing what's in our heart. We are unsure of the details and timeline for this vi- online vision. Excuse me, for this for this entire vision. Excuse me. We do not have a place to meet in Nashville, um, or things in place for us to begin the work there. At this point, uh, as stated earlier, we know we are to focus on the three areas mentioned above. I look forward to sharing more uh, with you 
tomorrow, which would have been last Sunday, and in the services ahead. Just want to read that to you in case you didn't get it. But please uh, sign up for that weekly email. You'll be glad you did. It really helps keep us connected during, during the week, okay? So this highway vision, it really is simple. It's all about Jesus. It's just knowing the real Jesus, being free from legalism, being free from the, the, the ideas of man, and, and realizing how amazing God is, how good he is, and, and enjoying this salvation that's by grace, not our works, right? Not our performance. It's by grace through simple faith in Christ, right? Hallelujah. So our purpose at Highway, as we've been saying the last couple Sundays, we're continuing this Sunday. It's very simple. It's to lead people into a real relationship with the real Jesus. And there are three uh, pillars of that relationship. One is who he is. He's not a stained glass window. He's not a statue. He's not a candle. He's not a necklace. He's the nature of God revealed to us. He's not a religious artifact, right? He wasn't just a good teacher. He's God in the flesh, right? And you can learn his nature by studying him personally, not what others tell you about him. And you can do that by getting your own Bible and reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. And, of course, he's in the rest of the Bible too. But you'll see him in the flesh uh, very clearly in those five books, okay? Hallelujah. So we emphasize that, and we are, perp- we are determined to keep this simple, okay? Very simple. Because this is a, it needs to be simple so you can use it every day, right? If something's complicated, when the need arises, it's, not, it's hard to use it, right? The religious tradition is complicated. Okay. And when the devil comes against you, you don't know, would I say this prayer, seven of those prayers? Do I have to call the minister? Do I got to have 12 church services? Do I got to pray for four hours? Do I got to fast? What do I got to do? Jesus says, just believe. I like simple. I like simple. Just believe. Just believe. I went from complicated to simple. I'm staying with simple. Right? And boy, I'm trying to be purposeful. There's so much we want to, uh, we want to, partake in on a Sunday morning. I'm trying to be purposeful to share testimonies with you. And this is one that we just received not too long ago uh, through, through our website. And it says, we are recent attendees to your Sunday service, and we have been impressed and have found a closer knowledge of the Bible than ever before. Uh, Pastor Joseph has been able to give us a chance each week to be more in tune with the Bible and how we can apply it to our daily lives. I just want to say that you have brought both my husband and I into a greater understanding of what the Bible says and what it can do for us. We leave your service feeling something that we've never felt before in the traditional way. We both think, yes, praise God, that's Jesus, that's the Holy Spirit. We both think of the words you've spoken, interpreting the Bible, reading and knowing, interpreting the Bible, reading and know, interpreting, (laughs) spoken, interpreting the Bible, reading and know that it will carry us through the week and in our daily lives. Bullseye. That's what we want. Never thought I could sit through two and a half hours (laughs) and not lose concentration. 
So glad we found Highway. It has had a real impact on our lives in all the best of ways. That's awesome. Praise God for that. That's the grace of God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But I, I want to uh, keep challenging you to keep it simple, you know, to spend time with him and just believe. Just let Jesus transform you. Let him love you. Let him, um, um, let him be the strength of your life. Hallelujah. So in our vision uh, statement on the About Us page of our website, it says we see a vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing God and moving forward in uh, moving forward in his destiny for their lives. So there are three words that we have on our website, growing, experiencing, and moving. We're growing in the grace and knowledge of God. We're experiencing him in our daily lives, and we're moving forward in his destiny for our lives. Hallelujah. So we got and started getting into last week of, of uh, we're talking about highway vision, highway commitment, and highway expansion, Okay. So we, we've been looking at commitment, and that's led us into um, expanding or being led by the Spirit. To be led by the Spirit is to expand. <laughs> it is. It is to expand. It is to grow. It is to increase because He will lead you into more. That's right. That's right. He doesn't know how to lead you into to a lower place. <laughs> he wants to take you to a higher place from glory to glory, yeah. right? Hallelujah. He seated us at the right hand of the Father with Jesus. Hallelujah. So we began looking at the commitment of Jesus, and we're just looking at a few scriptures, review a couple, then we're going to get back into the witness of the Holy Spirit, as I want all of us to really become sure of the Holy Spirit's witness in our daily lives so that you can follow him more confidently, okay? Because that's what we're doing as a church. All right. So we said that in terms of commitment that Jesus doesn't ask for much, just everything, right? And uh, let's just look, look again at Luke 14, 33. Now, this is Jesus. Remember, he's the nature of God. No one loves you like he loves you. He's the grace of God revealed. So this is the grace of God speaking. In verse 33, he says, So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Wow. Love Jesus. Isn't he good? I love the way he talks. It just, it just uh, shakes the rust off, doesn't it? Right? It gets the cobwebs out. I love the way he speaks. Does he, so whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciples. And then my disciple, then in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, we looked at this. It says, but Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. The devil wants to turn your focus back to the past, right? When, when God delivered his people out of bondage, they never should have been there in the first place, but they, their hardness of heart put them there, right? When he delivered them out of that to prosper them, they didn't listen to him. They complained, and they said it was better for us to be in slavery. Have you read that in the Old Testament? Right? Can you imagine that? Here's God saying, I want to be your king. I want to provide for you. Come and worship for me. And they're saying, hey, it was better for us to be back in Egypt. <laughs> Doesn't compute. That's how hard the human heart can get. Right? 
total commitment to him keeps our heart from getting hard. Total commitment gives you a fresh, pliable heart that's sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Total commitment will give you the strength to resist being offended by others. <laughs> right? Offenses come, but you don't have to accept them, right? You don't have to give in to the temptation to be offended. So, uh, no one knows what's best for us like the one who made us, Jesus, right? And he says something very powerful. So he's talking about total commitment. He's talking about all that you are giving your whole self to him. In Matthew 6, 21, he says this, for where your treasure is, can we put that up there? Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Should be the next slide up there. Matthew 6, 21, let me put that up there. For where your treasure is, there will your heart, maybe not, okay. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's important to understand. So our heart is going to follow something. What does our heart follow? Whatever we choose to value. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. We can choose to value something that's bad for us. If you have that scripture, you can put it up there. That'd be awesome. And if not, that's okay. All right. So what we choose to value, our heart is going to follow after that, even if it's not good for us. Isn't that amazing? So your will is like the, kind of like the uh, GPS, right? The, the, or that, it determines the direction that you go. So if I choose to value um, money more than anything, my heart's going to follow after that, right? And I'm going to be let down at some point in my life in a big way, right? If I choose to value affirmation of others, man's approval of me, right? I'm going to follow after that, and I'm going to be let down. Jesus, so when he says, uh, I, I want you to give me your whole self, what is he doing? It's, there's a lot of reasons. It's a protection, right? Because he knows that your heart's going to follow after what you choose to value and what you treasure, right? So we choose to treasure him above everything else. We choose to value who he is and what he's done for us, and therefore we begin to follow him. So if someone's having a, a difficult time following Jesus, it might be they just haven't given him their whole heart yet, right? When you give him your whole heart, you'll begin to follow after him. Hallelujah. We learned last week that we actually do not belong to ourselves. That's good to know, right? That our lives are not our own. And we looked at 1 Corinthians 6, 9, uh, uh, excuse me, 19 and 20. We're not going to look at that again. Uh, but we've, so in our lives, because we know that we've been bought with a price, that we belong to God now. Now we look to the Lord each day. We take our eyes off of ourselves and we put them on him and we say, Jesus, what do you want done in my life? Well, how do you want me to employ my time, my talents, my resources, my treasure? Lead and guide me. I'm yours and I know it now. Right? And it's the best life. It's really when life begins, when you give your whole self to him, and you develop this, not legalism, 
Right? This is not a, oh, no, this is, ah, this is, this is like coming into the, the most amazing marriage you could ever imagine. It's like, what's next, Jesus? Ooh, you made me. What, go ahead, show me what you made me for. What are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? You know, it's the best. Now, this total commitment, it brings focus to our lives. So if you're having a trouble with focus, try total commitment and watch what happens. When you totally commit to Christ, uh, things will, will, will begin to focus in your life. The things that are unnecessary will kind of become blurry and you'll just, they'll fade off to the side. But the things that he wants you to pursue will become very clear. But it all starts here. You've got to give him your whole heart. And your whole self. So if I'm valuing anything else above his love for me and my relationship with him, my focus is going to be skewed. My view is going to be skewed. All right? So we see in the New Testament, we see first the initial 12 who gave their whole hearts to him. Right? One of those became a traitor. Right? But we also see other men and women. There were the uh, James, Peter, and John were the closest three to him, then he had the 12, then he had the 70, and just we, we, we see then the 120 in the upper room, but people who gave their whole lives to follow him, and that's what this highway family is right here, we're people who've given our whole lives to follow Christ, so he's more important to us than any current event, Amen. he's more important to us than a political party. He's more important to us than our genealogy, Amen. right? He's more important to us than our culture. Amen. He's more important to us than what people say. He's the focus of our lives. Now, Romans 8.14, let's put that back up there again. So when you give this total commitment to Christ, it brings this focus and it frees you up from the fear of man. It's so good to be totally because it doesn't matter what man thinks anymore. <laughs> it doesn't matter because we're following him. We're not trying to measure up to what man thinks we should do. We're not trying to fit into the mold that the world's trying to shove us in, right? We're being the people God created us to be. We're being ourselves. We're being real. It's so good. And this opens, this total commitment, it opens our, the eyes of our, and the ears of our heart. It fosters this sensitivity to his spirit. Romans 8, 14, we saw last week, says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Amen. This total commitment brings you into this realiza realization that he's my father. Amen. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. I'm his very own child. What was I reading this week? We are the offspring of God, Paul said. Yeah. For in him we live and move and have our being, for we are his offspring. Yes. Woo-wee! <laughs> Anybody know where that's at in the Bible? Acts. Acts? No, it's later. I think it's like 19. I don't remember. Yeah. For in him we live and move and have our being, for we are his offspring. Yeah. Now, his offspring have his spirit in them. Isn't it awesome? Yeah. 
His offspring have his spirit, the Holy Spirit. He is living in us. I don't know anything better than that. To have God himself living inside of you. I'm just beginning to discover how wonderful that is after knowing him for, I don't know, 30-some years. It's just, it's like we're just touching on the surface of this glory, you know? It just gets better and better. Now, if we keep reading verse 15, it says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery, that's what legalism is, right? To fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. When you're adopted, you're chosen to be in that family. You know that you're loved. That's the spirit we've received. He chose you. I know he loves me because he chose me. Right? By whom we cry, Abba, Father. You know, you could have been rejected by your biological father, but when you come to know God as your Abba, Father, his love for you will heal your heart and, and bring you into a family like you've never imagined. His family. Verse 16. The Spirit Himself, and this is a scripture we want to hit, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So there are two people living in you. You and the Holy Spirit, right? That's good to know, right? You have a roommate. Right? He's a perfect roommate. Perfect roommate. He's a faithful roommate. Right? But what does it mean he bears witness? Well, what is a witness? A witness testifies to what he's seen or heard. Right? That's what a witness is for. So if there's a trial, if they can find eyewitnesses, man, they can close this case. Right? If they've got at least one, two Two witnesses, man, they've got a solid case, right? If they're good, if they're true witnesses. Well, the Holy Spirit, what does He testify to? What the Father has said to you, what the what He's seen the Father prepare for you. See, the Father knits you together in your mother's womb, and all the days that he has prepared for you were written in his book before you were brought into this earth. Now, they don't automatically happen. We have to choose him. We have to, to walk in relationship with him. I don't want you to confuse that scripture to think that everything that happens is God's will. It's not. We're living in a fallen world, and Satan's the God of this world. God's will for you is abundant life. All right? Christ came so that you could have that every day of your life for the rest of your life, and we're going to have it, right? So you've got the the Spirit of God inside of you on the witness stand, testifying to you what the Father has prepared for you. Jesus said there needed to be at least two witnesses, right? Two or three witnesses. Well, if the Father is a witness and the Holy Spirit is a witness to what the Father said, that's two. Guess who the third one is? 
Well, he's your, he's your lawyer. He's your advocate. You are that deciding witness. You're the deciding witness. I mean, they've already, if it's up to them, it's done, right? If it was up to God, his will would be done every day in the earth. But it's not up to him. It's up to us to choose him. Right? Because we're not robots. We have a free will. So you are the deciding witness in God's plan for your life. And also, you're the deciding witness in the enemy's scheme for your life. Because Satan will try and testify to you and tell you what's going to happen in your life. But you've got to recognize his testimony is false. That he's a liar. That he's a con man. And you've got to, see, as you're totally committed to Christ and learn to, to flow with the Holy Spirit, it makes you very aware of the testimony of the enemy. Because right. right. it has to do with stealing, killing, and destroying. Not abundant life. So if he tells you, well, you know, your, your grandmother had that disease and the father brought that into your life so that you could, he could humble you. And you're going to learn. This is going to be a blessing to you. Whose testimony is that? Is that the Holy Spirit and the father or is that Satan? That's Satan. How do we know that? Because of the person of Christ in the Gospels. He said, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. It's the thief that comes. It's to steal, kill, and destroy. We know that our Father is the healer, not the make sicker. Right? He's the healer. He delivers. He heals. He sets free. He protects. He provides. Hallelujah. So this bearing witness is really important. Now, when you're reading through the New Testament, you'll see this. And we looked at some examples last week. We'll look at a couple more. But you, you really kind of got to pay attention because they'll say things like, it seemed good to us. Jesus says, it seemed good to the Father. What are they saying? They're talking about a witness inside of the Spirit of God. And you want to become sensitive to this in your daily life because he wants to lead you in your daily life. All right? So let's go to uh, Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15, verse 23. We'll start there. And they wrote letters by them. So they didn't have Insta. They didn't have FaceTime. Right? They had to write letters if this was happening today, they would have used whatever means they could, right? They would have done FaceTime. They would have done social media. They would have done YouTube. Of course they would. Why not? Tools to get the message out, right? So that's what we're going to do. After they wrote, after, and they wrote letters by them. After this manner, the apostles and elders and brethren send greetings unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. Let's keep reading. Verse 24. For as much as we have heard that certain which were sent out, huh, certain which went out from us. I don't think I'll ever be a King James person, but I'm, I'm trying. We have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words. No, I, I do like the poetic way that the King James read. That's why I, I use it. But some, some, sometimes it's, it's pretty powerful. But anyway. So what's happening here? So you've got, you've got the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. Um, and you've got the churches scattered now. 
because of persecution, right? First, they were baptized in the upper room with the Holy Spirit. They began speaking in other tongues. People thought they were drunk. They said, oh, no, this is for you too, <laughs> right? And, and then 3,000 got saved, and they began rejoicing. They began meeting in the temple daily, it said. So they're having public worship services every single day, and they're meeting in homes. It was glorious. They're selling their possessions. They're bringing into the church. They're laying them at the apostles' feet. Powerful time. Well, Satan hates that. He certainly doesn't want people meeting, people meeting in public. So persecution breaks out against the church, and then they begin to scatter. It, it gets so bad that in many places they have to meet privately in their homes because they're being killed or dragged off to prison. Okay? Now, so it, it, it's a challenging time. And, you know, this, this righteousness by faith, this saved by grace gospel is coming into the earth, and there's a lot of renewing of the mind that needs to happen. It's not like they could go to, you know, Galatians and read it. They didn't have what you have right? There was, this book was not assembled. There were letters being circulated. There were scrolls from the Old Testament, right? The scroll of Isaiah. These things were passed around, and they had to piece it all together, and God had put the, the, the first 120 and then the 3,000 into the earth to spread this thing by His Spirit, so they had to have the witness of the Holy Spirit because people were telling them things that were troubling them. What were they saying? Well, yes, you're saved through faith in Christ. You're saved by grace, but you've got to keep the law. And they didn't understand that. And they're getting letters from the apostles that say different things, that say we're, we're saved by grace, that the, the law has been fulfilled through Christ. And we still see this debate going on today, right? Still believers trying to figure it out. It's very simple. Jesus did it. We're saved by grace through faith. We have a relationship with God that's not based on our performance, but on Christ's performance. Right? Takes all the pressure off. Alleviates all the stress. It frees us up to run with God. Hallelujah. So they're troubling these disciples, these different churches in these different areas with their words. And they're subverting their souls. Right? So you can know if something's troubling your soul, somewhere the enemy's trying to get in. The Holy Spirit will help you identify that. All right? Saying you must be circumcised. Ouch. That would hurt. <laughs> and keep the law. <laughs> to whom uh, we gave no such commandment. That's not coming from us, right? We didn't say that. It seemed good unto us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Total commitment. And you want people leading your church who are people of total commitment. Because when the going gets tough, they need to rise above it and stay true to what Christ has said. And you need people in the church of total commitment, helping fulfill the vision. 
Because when gossip starts or someone says, oh, did you hear what the pastor said? They don't listen to that. They don't listen to that. Their speech is edifying because they're mature and they're people of total commitment, right? We don't participate in, in conversations that are not edifying. Right? We don't participate. We change the subject. Or we'll say something that is edifying. And if they don't want to go with that, we move on to someone else who wants to talk about something edifying. Right? I've had people not know what to say because they were trying to lead me in a conversation about someone else that wasn't edifying. And I brought up a scripture and I thought, wow, um, love is the fulfillment of the law. <laughs> but do you know what they said? I thought, wow, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. Love endures long on his pain. And they walk away. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I'm not going to feed the fuel that the, en- the fire that the enemy already has been stoking in your life. He's the one trying to stir up dissension. Don't listen to him. Let your conversation be always seasoned with grace. Right? Edifying for the building up of the hearer. Right? Where's that at in the Bible? Anybody know? Ephesians 4. Yeah. Ephesians 4. Absolutely. Hallelujah. So, they send these uh, people who are totally committed, right? But look at verse, uh, let's see. Yeah, well, let's read 27. We have sent, therefore, Judas, Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth. This is why apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, you need to hear in person by mouth what the Lord is saying. That doesn't mean everything uh, any minister says is always right. None of us are perfect. So I don't accept anything I say. <laughs> I'll accept anything, any of that. but I'm listening for the Spirit of God. And I'm filtering it through my Bible study and, and the, the scriptures, right? And you got to spit out sticks. Right? There's things that every minister, including myself, says things that just, okay, we'll just toss that aside and we'll, and we'll, 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 we'll keep the good stuff. Okay? We, we all do that. That's just part of being human. All right? So they say they will tell you the same things by mouth. Right? Here's the scripture I wanted to get to. Verse 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost, here's the witness, and to us. That's Romans 8.14. Excuse me, 8.16. The Spirit Himself was bearing witness with them that they needed to do this. Okay? He'll do the same in your life. All right? For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. And then they told Him to abstain from idol worship. And all the stuff that they did, the meats and the the blood and all the stuff that went on with idol worship and to keep themselves from sexual immorality. That's what they told them. That's good advice, right? There's no bondage in that advice. That's freedom. Stay away from idol worship and sexual immorality. Right? That's good. And, and, And that was it. That was all they said, right? If you keep yourselves from these, you'll do well. Fare you well. That was the end of that. Right Now, Jesus, in Matthew chapter 11, talking about the witness of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, Jesus fulfilled multiple roles. Of course, he's always God. He's the Alpha and the Omega. But he emptied himself, and he came to earth in the womb of a woman. He became a man. Amazing, right? And he actually ministered as the Son of Man. I forget how many times he called himself that, but it's like a lot. All right? So he ministered as a Son of Man, as a man filled with the Holy Spirit. He learned as a man, the witness of the Holy Spirit. And you'll see that in Luke. Luke writes about that. That Jesus grew as a boy in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Now, obviously, God's never grown. He came to earth as a man, and he demonstrated to us what it's like to be a human being in relationship with God. Are you with me? All right. Hallelujah. So here's Jesus, the Son of Man, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. He says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent, in other words, the arrogant, the prideful ones, and have revealed them to babes, to the humble ones. Verse 26, even so... A Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. For so it seemed good. I've heard ministers talk about your seamer. It's a good way to put it, right? Learn to recognize that witness of the Holy Spirit. That is how the Holy Spirit leads us. It's not through some uh, spectacular... Um, sensational occurrence in the earth. Many people who don't know the witness of the Holy Spirit look to things like that, saying, that's a sign from God. An earthquake is not a sign from God. God doesn't cause earthquakes, and he doesn't allow them either. Those came through the curse of sin. Okay, when he made the earth before sin, there weren't any earthquakes. That's his will, an earthquake-free earth, right? Tragedy-free earth, that's the will of God. We're not living in that earth right now, but you can be protected if you just believe in Jesus and, and learn what he's provided for you, that he's your shield, that no harm or evil will ever befall you, that the Father commands his angels concerning you to keep you in all your ways. Hallelujah. I have to be careful I don't get off on that because I could preach that for days. Hallelujah. Now, so this witness, even Jesus walked in it, okay? Yes. Hallelujah. Now, let's see. Okay, let's go to uh, one more scripture in Acts chapter 16. One more scripture. And then we'll be, we'll be done there. Acts chapter 16. We'll start in verse 4. So this is, remember, this is a brand new thing now. We're saved by grace through faith. This is like, this is, talk about revolution. There couldn't be anything more amazing to come into the earth than what Jesus did. He was the first begotten from the dead, but not the last. If you put your faith in him, you can be born again too. Hallelujah. This was, this was earth shattering, life changing. As they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep which were determined by the apostles and elders of Jerusalem. So there's the leadership. You have to have good leadership. You have to have mature, uh, five-fold ministry leadership. 
You have to have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Doesn't mean they're perfect. Doesn't mean everything they say is right, but you need good leadership. Okay? Hallelujah. So these were determined by the apostles and the elders of Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. Amen. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. I mean, wouldn't God want them to preach the gospel there? Not at that time. See, you can't just walk into someone's house and start preaching. You, I can't just go into Walmart and all of a sudden start shouting the gospel. If the Spirit leads me to do it, then I do that. Jesus didn't just walk around healing everybody. It was His will, but He did what He did as the Father led Him. He, he was led. When He was at the pool of Bethesda, He wanted everyone to be well. But all we know is He spoke to one man and says, Do you want to get well? And He was made whole. But Jesus was on a mission. He could not be everywhere at once. Because he was in a human body. That's why I said it's going to be better for you when the Holy Spirit comes. Right? Now he can be in all of us at the same time everywhere. Right? I can't minister to everybody. You can't minister to everybody. So we don't just run around trying to preach the gospel to whoever wants to listen. Hello? We don't force this on anybody. What are we doing? We get up and not say, okay, who can I preach to? Who can I preach to? We get up saying, Holy Spirit, what's your plan for the day? We're led by the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit in everything we do. Okay, so you hear the Holy Spirit is forbidding them to preach in a particular place. What are we talking about? Highway expansion, highway commitment, being led by the Spirit, right? Now, you'll see that as we read, after they had come to uh, Mysia, I'm not sure how to say it, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. You know, what do they do? They're, they're following the witness of the Holy Spirit. They had a plan to go somewhere. They were prepared to go in, but a witness inside says, no, you're not to do that. There are times I really wanted to talk to someone about Jesus, but the Holy Spirit said, let it go. I don't know why. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I just know he said to let it go. You'll frustrate yourself. You'll frustrate others when you try and force something on somebody. I've seen Christians, they see someone in a wheelchair and they'll run over to them and say, you can be healed in Jesus' name. That person's in no place to receive healing. That's not even on their radar. What are you talking about? What? Who are you? What do you mean? Jesus didn't force anything on anybody. They brought people. They came to Jesus. The crowds came to him to hear and to be healed. You can't force God on anybody. You've got to understand that. If the Spirit leads you to minister to someone, now you're you're talking. Okay? 
We've got to be led by the Holy Spirit in our daily lives. Just because I see a need doesn't mean God wants me to meet that need. I mean, how many needs are there right now in this earth? <laughs> and you're going to meet all those? Come on. You've got to be led by the Spirit of God. You know, it's interesting. The prodigal son rejected his father and said, give me my inheritance. I'm out of here. His father still loved him. He blew that inheritance and he hit rock bottom. He's eaten with pigs. Right? What if I would have walked along and saw this man at his lowest point in pig slop and I would have took him in and, and tried to get him back on his feet again? Right before he was about to repent. See, in my, my wisdom, you know, that, that person needs my help. I've got to get him out of that pig slop and bring him back to my house, clean him up, and help him. No, they're just about to come to their senses. The Holy Spirit would have told me to leave him alone. This is huge. Because the devil will try and pull on your compassion to get you into a difficult situation you shouldn't have been in. Woo, this is good. The Holy Spirit would say, leave him alone in the pig slop. Let me take care of that. And he's done that in my life. There are people I've seen I wanted to minister to, whether it was out running errands or at work or wherever, and the Holy Spirit said, just keep going. Just keep going. Right? Let God decide what you need to do and where you need to go and who you need to minister to. Not your own wisdom, because you don't have it, my friend. In Christ you do, but not in your own reasoning. And by the same token, you might look at someone who seems like they're doing great, but they need your help. But you look at them and say, oh, they're all set. No, the Holy Spirit say, minister to them. See, we try and judge with these eyes and exterior appearance. We don't know what's going on in the inside. The Holy Spirit does, which is why real ministry has to happen led by Him. Man, this is good. Woo! Okay. So the Spirit didn't permit them, but keep reading. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Holy Spirit speaking to him. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help me. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Wow. You see this walking with the Holy Spirit? This is how we live. All right? This is how we live. See, if I go over here because I think so-and-so needs help, I'm going to miss what God really wanted me to do over here. I've got to be led by He's got the master plan. I don't. Okay? Now, when, when, before, when I came to know Christ, I said, okay, Lord, what's next for me? He had me go places that were not in my plan to go. But I went. I lived in parts of the country that I didn't ever plan on living. But because he was leading me to live there. Yeah, northwest Ohio, southern Virginia. That's all right. I'll live wherever he leads me. Uh, in Italy, I'll live there. I, that wasn't so bad. but I, <laughs> Food was great. But, was, but, but, but he led us there. He led us here to New England. Hallelujah. 
Now he's leading us to expand. Okay. Now let me share with you, let's bring this home. So here we are last year, uh, and I hope they don't mind. I don't want to embarrass them. I'm just going to mention John and Laurel right now. So I guess it's too late. I already mentioned you today. But uh, they came into the church last summer, about a year ago. Never met them before. Didn't know them from anyone. They didn't know anything about what God spoke to our heart. Had never been in the church before. And I hadn't shared this with anybody. I was talking about the Holy Spirit and God's master plan, okay? I think it was either when Laurel come. At some point, you guys just went on vacation prior to coming here, right? And they, they went out, and they, they got in the RV, and they went cross-country. And uh, oh, I don't want to tell you that yet. Let me just tell you this. Because let's, let's, that's, back, that's back story. i got to fill that in later. So... Two Sundays ago, I put up, can we put up that uh, Highway Vision presentation again, Dana and Esther? All right, I put up, and put the one up with uh, Nashville and L.A. on there. Put that one up there. It's also in the message presentation that it doesn't move if you want to use that one. So I put this up two Sundays ago. Now, actually, just put the one up of just New England. I put that one up there. And, uh, and then I, uh, and with John is telling his wife. He knew nothing I was going to say. I had not said anything to him at all. He said, next Nashville's going up there. I didn't know this till after service. And then he said, and after that, L.A. is going up there, or California. I had no idea that he even told his wife that. I didn't hear that. After service, they came up, and they said, we saw that map. We knew it was going to be New England, Nashville, and L.A. I said, you're kidding. And then I learned the backstory. okay? Now, John, John, when were you baptized in the Holy Spirit? Where's John there? Yeah, what month? Do you remember? How many months ago? Four or five months ago. But Laurel, his wife, was sharing with me. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he prays in tongues. Oftentimes, he'll get an interpretation. Now, I'm just talking. I'm just talking about relationship. I don't want to embarrass anyone. But I see in John this sensitivity to the Spirit of God. But from the moment I met them, they were so hungry to know God more. Even if that meant turning from man's religious tradition and stepping into the fullness of Christ. And they're so hungry. I didn't know any of this history. So I just learned last week, and then this past week, we spent some time with them. He took me into his office in his home. And he showed me a map on the wall. And there were two post-its uh, cut out with an arrow, one above Nashville and one above L.A. I said, you've got to be kidding me. When did you put that? He said, last summer, a year ago. After we went on our vacation, these two places stood out to me. And when you started speaking about them, a year later, after he's baptized in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit, I knew what God was doing. That's pure. You can't script stuff like that. I'm bringing it up to you because we can tend to get caught up in things and and try and figure things out up here. And but what about this? How's this going to work? What about? And we miss the freedom of just walking with the Holy Spirit. It is. You don't have to know everything. 
Because <laughs> I don't. I'll be the first to tell you. All I need to know is what is he leading me to do today? Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Right? Let tomorrow take care of itself. You just follow me today. Now, another thing I'm just sharing because this is right here in the highway body. Uh, Don and Rochelle. Rochelle is here, right? Awesome. And the kids are with you. I saw Esther, Jeremy, and Philip here. Awesome. Great. Because I want to, before we leave, pray for you guys and bless you. Um, so Don and, and Rochelle felt the Lord leading them to move back to Missouri. And, uh, and Don is there. And this will be their last Sunday here. Rochelle is here today um, with the kids, with uh, Esther and Jeremy and Philip. Um, so she's, you know, they're having a yard sale. They're cleaning out their stuff. And she's just praying about things to what she should do with her things. And she hands this to me, I don't remember, maybe three or four weeks ago. I don't remember. And I said, well, what in the world am I going to do with this? <laughs> I didn't say that to her. But she, she says, I feel like the Lord wants me to give you this. See, in the natural, I'm thinking, I don't want this thing. In the natural, I'm just being real with you. Like, what am I going to do with this, right? But then I said, well, wait a minute. Listen in here. And the Holy Spirit started speaking to me. And she held it. She says, hmm, what would this mean? I don't know. She said, something like new authority or something like that, you said. And you know what the Lord in this whole vision is doing in us? A new authority. He's given us a new authority. A new authority in the earth. A fresh strategy. He's broadening the scope of our ministry. He's expanding us. He's releasing us into the nation. She had no idea what I was going to share a couple weeks later. None. None. And this is what I And I'm looking at now thinking, God, you're really something. There are little things that God will do to encourage you to bear witness with what he spoke to your heart in your time with him. Hallelujah. 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 So we're, we're just going to continue. Uh, got some more good things as we continue next week. But this is exciting. It's an expansion of what God uh, began doing here in 2014. And it's going to be fun to watch how this all unfolds because we don't know. We're just going to take it one day at a time. And we're just going to listen to the Holy Spirit. But there's a place for you in all of this. And I want to acknowledge you, Highway family, yes. and your faithfulness. Yes. I mean, you, you didn't miss a beat, this whole COVID baloney. You just continue to be faithful and stay connected and plug in. And uh, whether we were, you know, having service online or whether we were doing it here. And I, I say thank you, Father, for this faithful Highway family. Awesome. But I know, again, living in New England, I shared with you two weeks ago, we lived in, in Middletown, Newport, Middletown, Rhode Island, uh, that sometimes you can just get this tiny perspective of what you're called to do, and the pastor comes in and shows you a map of the United States. It's like, whoa, what's going on here, you know? Hello. But it's okay. Just relax. We're growing. The nation needs 
what, what the gospel of grace and all of the things that God has deposited inside of us, and you're a huge part of that. So this, this is an expansion. It's not a time to say, oh, no. It's time to say, okay, God, show us what to do. Show us how to participate. We're staying the course. We're not abandoning ship. We're staying the course. We're going to see this thing through all the way. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit in us. We thank you for your, your very spirit, the same spirit that was in Christ when he ministered on the earth 2,000 years ago. The same spirit that raised him up from hell and brought him out of that grave into the earth to appear to his disciples for 40 days. The same spirit that descended upon the 120 in the upper room and intoxicated them with your presence. The same spirit that, that spawned the 3,000. The same spirit that spread all throughout the world with this gospel of grace. And here we are in 2021 coming through this this strategy of the enemy and all the confusion and division. And we declare, Father, we are going to stay the course. We're going to follow you all the way. We realize that you are the general. You have the master plan. We're not going to abandon ship. We're going to follow you today, knowing that you've got our best in mind, knowing that you've got the plan, and all we need to do is follow your lead. And that's what we're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life He came to give you.